1: and community radio. This
2: is Luke Stevenson for the Central Indiana Innovation Hub. Central Indiana Innovation Hub provides space for individuals to meet and network for business-related needs. Central Indiana Innovation Hub is located at 5250 East US Highway 36, Suite 1101 in Avon. More information can be found at indianahub.com. Our phone number is 317-696-3050. Office hours are
3: Monday through Friday, 8:30 to 4.
1: Welcome in to another edition of Central Indiana Today, presented by the Kevin Kersey Agency. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. You know, we are right in the middle of election season early voting has now started here in Indiana. And a group that is going to play a major factor in the outcome of the election this year is what I call the cross-ballot voters, the independent uh, people as they're usually identified as. And what I mean by cross-ballot voter is somebody who they'll split their ticket. They may vote a Republican for president, may vote a Democrat for United States Senate, and they may vote a Libertarian uh, down the ballot for governor. And, of course, uh, they may do this throughout their ballot. And those folks, uh, really, with such a diverse group of candidates and candidates that appeal to very different uh, swaths of the electorate this year, um, they're going to be more important than ever. And so I wanted to get inside the mind of this uh, cross-ballot uh independent type voter and kind of figure out what they're thinking about. What are they looking for in the candidates? What what are they thinking about this crop of people we have running for uh, public office this year? And I couldn't think of anybody better to do that than my friend Ryan Ripley. Ryan, uh, perfect, perfect example of this. He actually ran for public office as a Democrat, became a Republican, and now identifies mainly with the libertarians but he's going to uh, split his ticket this year he's gonna uh, he's going to vote for as you'll hear he's gonna vote for uh, some Democrats he's gonna vote for some Republicans he's gonna vote for some libertarians so I wanted to talk with Ryan uh, about that talk with him um, about what he thinks about these candidates, about what's appealing to him from different people, and uh, what the, this what this independent voter who splits their ticket is really looking for in uh, in 2016. Ryan, great guy to do this too, because as we said, he ran for public office. He understands the political world, and he's also got a podcast out now uh, that we're going to talk a little bit about about uh, allowing people uh, to take control of their own destiny in uh, in the software world and that's an overarching theme this year of the 2016 election totally different than an elections past is people taking control of their their own destiny in trying to get information out the twitter and and websites and WikiLeaks and all this sort of thing independent people really infiltrating news in our society uh now and so i thought that'd be a good good uh, conversation to have as well so let's get right to it let's learn about the mind of the independent voter here's a conversation with ryan ripley ryan how are you doing today Rob,
4: I'm great. It's always a great day when I get to talk to my good friend, Rob Kendall. Now, you ran for public office, so you're very interested to be on that. Tell me what you ran for, because I love people's experience when people actually went out and did this. Yeah, so I uh, I got the crazy idea uh, a number of years ago to run for county council in uh, in northern Indiana, and uh, I think everyone should run for office, Rob, because it is it's an experience, and I think it gives people perspective about you know what candidates go through. Most people, like you and I both know, election night comes around. Well, let's step back. You know, you work hard. You're knocking on doors. You're meeting people. Half the people slam the door in your face, depending on what party, depending on what party you're with. The other half, you know, they'll talk to you. Maybe they'll show up to vote. Maybe they won't. So you're going through this work, and you're just, you know, you're spending your own money. Typically, because you're a local candidate, you might have a few angel investors or your parents. Right, they so will drop a few dollars into your into your campaign, but so you're self funding. You're working hard you get to election night. The whole time you're just ready to puke, within an anticipation of what the result's going to be. And in the end, there's still people criticizing. And and it, and how if you happen to win, which is you know, I mean, I feel bad for those who actually won, like you, that go through, you know. <laughs> Four years of people ridiculing you for trying to do sensible, logical things like cut taxes and, and bring prosperity to Brownsburg, you know, shame my new rub. But, uh, yeah, you it, know, it's a crazy adventure. Now, Ryan, take us through your evolution. You're interesting to me, and I think you're really the sort of guy that people uh, are going to want to know about this year, because you, like, run the gauntlet. You've been D, you've been a little bit of an R, you're mostly an L. Take us through sort of your political morphosis, because you're sort of that precious, Open-minded independent that all these candidates are trying to recruit these days. Well, I always like being called precious, so thank you for that, Rob. But, uh, no, I so I started when I ran for office. I ran as a Democrat, and a lot of it just had to do with being annoyed with the local Republican Party. Um, another part of it was that I didn't believe at the time that for a local race, party should matter. That really ideas, and I thought that ideas mattered, and. You know, clearly I was wrong there. <laughs> it's no longer—it's not ideas. A lot of it is party identification. So I learned a political lesson very early. But running as a Democrat, I believed in the compassionate side of politics, and so that—that's where I kind of started. When Obama passed the Affordable Care Act, I—I I had a—I had a, a moment of crisis in my political leanings because that turned into the government telling me that I had to buy something or face a fine. And that was fundamentally wrong. So I started talking to other people about this concern of mine. In the Democratic Party, you know, you're basically just told, be quiet. You know, this is what Obama wants to do. This is what the Democrats are doing. You know, get on board or get out. So I said, fine, I'll get out. Um, you look to the right. I can't get behind a party that tells me I have to hate people. And I believe there is a a section of the Republican Party that says that, you know, we can't be compassionate towards uh, gay marriage, we can't be compassionate towards people that find themselves in situations where um, they may make a decision that some of us may not make. You know, there's there's these, these sections of, you know, lack of compassion on the right, lack of some fiscal responsibility and liberty on the left. So I'm in no man's land. Fortunately, the Libertarian Party, in my view, combines the best of both parties know, the libertarian view is fiscal responsibility and social acceptance. And, and that's where I finally landed because I want a balanced budget. I want low taxes. I want government as small as possible. But in the instances where we truly have people in need, I want solutions that help them. And to me, the only party that actually addresses that core concern is the libertarian party here guest is Ryan Ripley. He's a, a podcaster, former candidate for public office, very funny guy. We're talking a little bit about the elections right now. We're going to get into some podcasting stuff here just a little bit, which is very interesting as well. Okay, so, but you're the sort of guy like if a Republican or Democrat came to you and you said, "Man, this guy makes a lot of sense," you you would vote for them, right? Yeah. So let me. So I, this might be a little a little odd, but I'll go, I'll reveal some of my my votes coming up. Right. Hey, so I think go that. For it. So when it comes to, let's start at the governor's race. I think that's a very important race. Uh, I like Rex Bell. I think there isn't a, a position that John Gregg hasn't taken in the last few years, and Eric Holcomb, uh, the Mitch Daniels architect, I like him a lot, but I think Rex has better ideas uh, as far as the size of government and its role. So I like Rex Bell, the libertarian for governor. I like Evan By for Senate. You're voting right? for Bayh. I can't Todd ah, young is a joke. I mean, I I love Marlon Stutzman. I'm still bitter about what he did to Stutzman, and so I can't vote for Todd. So I I am voting for Evan Bayh. Let me me ask you this this about Bayh. Does it bother you that he's blatantly lying to you about where he lives? You know what? It didn't bother me when Dan Coates did it. It doesn't bother me when Bayh does it. I think Evan Bayh was a a very, he was a good governor. I think he has uh, a good take on what it means to be a Hoosier, whether or not you know, he owns multiple homes. I'm not worried about that stuff. I mean, if it turns out that the election commission can demonstrate that he's not a your resident, then they'll remove him like they did Charlie White. So I'm not too worried about it. Shouldn't, shouldn't, buy, you're a political guy. Shouldn't Biden just come out and say, yeah, I don't really live here anymore, but I've always loved Indiana. I want to come back. I want to make a difference. I moved to Washington, D.C. to make money for my family. Shouldn't he have just said that in the beginning? I wish that we could have more honest dialogue like that from politicians rob i totally agree i think by should have done that i think um you know that ship has sailed and now he's got to write out his hand and and we'll see if he's able to pull it out but you know when i look at the options on that race i mean todd young is out i mean i can't vote for him uh the libertarian candidate i can't she's interesting isn't she yeah, she's not my brand of crazy, so I I'm staying away from that one. I I Rob, you know me. I love crazy. That's not my brand. And uh so Evan's Evan's where I'm landing there. You know, when it comes to um you know, congressional races, uh, you know, I'm probably looking at the Republican in my district. So you're gonna see uh on my ballot and for president, of course Gary Johnson. So you're gonna see a number of Libertarians on my ballot. You're going to see Evan Bayh as a Democrat. You're going to see a Republican House candidate. So it truly is a, a blend, and I believe that is a true independent, and, uh, and and that's how it should be. So, okay, so let's talk about the the, the uh, governor's race. Ryan Ripley He's a podcaster. He's a former candidate for public office, very funny guy. And the best part of Ryan is he's an independent, so he's sort of giving us a perspective on maybe where the voters are at. I'm still torn. I like Rex Bell. I'm holding this uh, devout, uh, Trump devout Trump overholds head and I'm not going to early vote this year until the very end because uh, you know they've been they've been very mean to the Trumpster. But I like Rex, so I think we're on the same on that. What do you think about the governor's race? Yeah, I think it's a very interesting race. I uh, like I said, there is John Gregg takes a poll and then uh, figures out where the wind's blowing, and that's way that's his new position. So for me, that's just disqualification. Can't can't even look at him. Eric Holcomb, what I like about him is that, let's face it, Mitch Daniels is one of the best governors Indiana has ever had. And Eric Holcomb, I think, was a lot of the brains. I think Mitch is a smart guy, too, but I think Eric Holcomb was one of the architects behind some of the great policies and some of the great benefits that we're enjoying today. Uh, so I think he's got that going for him. I just, I, with Rex Baldo, you're going to get smaller government, and that's where my heart's at right now, so. Yeah, I'm I'm really torn. You know, I always try to vote for at least one Libertarian in the cycle, and I've really got it down to about two or three races that I'm deciding from now, and that's uh, and that's one of them. Uh, one area that I've made up my mind, you've made up yours. You do not like the Trumpster, and this breaks my heart because I. Yeah. Love the Trumpster, he helps me. We're buddies. I know the Trumpster is uh, imploding in front of our eyes, and I look whether whether you believe what the news is saying or not. The slew of women coming forward. After he admits on a hot mic that he sexually assaults women because he can get away with it because he's rich, once these women start coming forward, it's over for Trump. I mean, it's, uh, I don't believe he can win anymore. I think he'll still probably win Indiana. I mean, it's just a red state, and it will probably go that way. But uh, I think nationwide, he's going to continue to suffer in the polls due to his indiscretions and uh, his inability to keep his hands to himself. Okay, so help me understand this. One, I want to point out, to everybody. Now, I remember a debate in South Carolina during the primary where Ripley, our guest here today, told me on social media, "God, he's imploding. It's all over for him." And sixty-five percent of the vote in South Carolina. So, I just want to get that out there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I, I am. I have been wrong about Trump so many times that I, I. It wouldn't surprise me if you replay this on the air. Uh, a few months from now, saying, "Ha ha, Ryan, he's president. You're an idiot." And I, I will, I will buy you a steak dinner, Rob, if that happens, and we'll have a good laugh about it and and hang out. But uh, you know, you know, have- I am Ripley. I, I love people that tell me how great I am. Trump told me I was terrific. So. Well, Rob, I, I think you're great. I think you're great. You know, I love you. We go way back. Uh, you make radio great again. But Trump, uh, we can't. We're not going to come eye to eye on that one. But I still love you, buddy. So tell me this, explain to the average average person, because like I said, you're probably a guy who could be swayed to vote for a Republican if it were the right Republican or Democrat if it were the right Democrat, as you've shown us with your ballot. Why are people not flocking to Gary Johnson who are disgusted with, uh, if they believe, the Trump accusations and, of course, the well-documented things on the Clinton? Why is Gary Johnson not doing better? Yeah, I think the fact that he's polling roughly around 10% is pretty amazing in and of itself. But uh, this is an election, in my opinion, that is, it's voting for someone you're against and not someone you're for. So there's a lot of fear that, well, if I vote third party, Trump will win. Or if I vote third party, Clinton will win. There's a lot of weird thinking like that. And uh, until we can kind of shake that loose and get people out of that mindset, I think you're going to see third parties continue to struggle. But I think the number one issue is the collusion between the Republican and Democratic Party to keep Gary Johnson out of the debates. If Gary Johnson were on the debate, or if he were on that stage for the first two debates, I think he would be pulling much higher. I think this race would be blown wide open, and uh, it would be a totally different situation than it is now. Now, I will say this because it'll give us something to promo on Monday. Uh, I would be totally fine if we woke up November ninth and Gary Johnson were the president. I, I, I'd be told, I'd be okay with that. I'd be all right with that, as long as it's not Hillary. Okay, so there we right. Are. But you got to admit Johnson is kind of a squirrel, right? I mean, I've interviewed Johnson; nice guy. But the open borders stuff doesn't bother you a little bit. The he doesn't really believe in nationalism and the idea of borders and sovereignty. Doesn't that scare you a little bit? Yeah, I I think that's a that's a destination versus kind of the practical argument. I I don't believe Gary Johnson from day one is looking at open borders. I don't think those are the things that, that he's looking to do. I think he's looking to. Get a solid work visa program in place. I think he's looking to um, make things a little more reasonable for for people who want to come to this country and, and work in jobs that Americans simply aren't filling. So I think there's a little more practicality to the things that he's pushing rather than um, than some of these extreme views. But you know, it's hard. Sometimes it is hard to tell, admittedly, with Gary. But I think he's a little more practical than what you're giving him credit for. Now, how much did it bother the libertarians, our buddies, that they gave the interview to me and not them? Oh, I think uh, I think there's fumes still coming out of Spangle's ears over that one. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about our buddy Spangle because anytime we mention Spangle, I have no idea how, but he has a lot of uh, social media contacts. Our hits go way up. Who we'll doesn't mention him? Uh, he's a crazy person, right? I mean, like he doesn't believe in public police. He's he's a sort of libertarian that we say you're harming the cause. Am I right? You know, he gets a little crazy sometimes, but we love Chris. He's uh sometimes he uh he's out there, but hey, he's a good guy. All right. So you used to like associate with those guys, right? Oh, I still do. I still do. They're great guys. Chris and uh Greg put out a great podcast called We Are Libertarian. I think it's one that people should be listening to if they're interested in that independent uh kind of you know, that, that kind of view and I think they do a great job with it and uh but sometimes they get a little nuts. But Greg Greg Lund is the greatest person on earth. I have no beef with Greg Lenz. I I think his memes are brilliant, and I do not want to become the subject of one. So, Greg, (laughs) if you're listening, I think you're beautiful. (laughs) Okay, this is Ryan Ripley. One of the other things we want to talk about, Ryan is a podcaster and Ryan has a podcast out now that I think is really interesting because it's sort of talking about, it's a little bit away from politics, but it's where people are going and it actually deals in people sort of taking control of their own destiny, especially uh, in the area of of software development. So Ryan, tell us about this podcast you've got. now. Yeah, so it, it started as kind of like a conversation between uh, some people in the industry. We were getting on Skype every once in a while and hanging out, and then uh, suddenly we uh, we decided, hey, let's uh, let's record this and see if people like it. It's really, a, it's called Agile for Humans. What we like to do is uh, talk about software development, ways that we can do it that incorporates the human element uh, that any kind of work has, but especially creative creative work. And so we talked about tips and techniques and ways that people can develop software in a in a smarter way. You know, one of the things that's interesting is, and this election cycle has shown it, that the social media has become so big and the idea that people can launch their own sites, the WikiLeaks and and Anonymous and YouTube. And and I'd like to expand on that a little bit about how much the individual has changed this technology profession that that you're so proficient in. Yeah, so the individual is at the center of technology now. So every time you log into Google, Facebook, Twitter, you're you're giving away your information. You're you're telling these companies all about you, and they're writing services that you want to use so that they can have that information. So software is at the center, Rob. I mean, even our toaster is going to have software in it. I think some of them do today. Where whole house automation, I mean, your home will be able to predict when you're going to run out of orange juice. It'll order it from you from Amazon. A drone will drop it on your porch. So as soon as you drink that last drop, you just open your front door and it's there. And I and I think that's where we're going, and that's what software is going to do for us. Is that scary? I love it. I I think it's great. You you I mean, because you're a big libertarian, do so you like the idea that people can predict where you're gonna the the Ripley family can move and what they're gonna do and what their next request is gonna be? I'm fine with it so long as it's voluntary. As long as I opt in, as long as I'm consciously making a decision to give that information, I don't see an issue with it. The second it becomes forced, or the second that there's no longer an opt-out, that's where I get a little squishy. And I know an area that you follow, and maybe you can explain to our listeners what's been going on. They talk about America, quote, giving away the Internet. What's the issue with that? Yeah, so there's this uh there's this ownership debate where should uh should the United States control various pieces of the internet the registries and things like that. I actually think we ought to keep it. I uh I'm I'm not a fan of giving it away. I don't understand why we would ever do that. The internet is the new battleground of the of this century and for future centuries and and for us to be the that beacon of light, the ones that, that kinda keep it open and free. Uh, I think that's important. It's also important that we have the ability to to make sure that uh, bad actors are not using it against us and other countries. And to give it away, I think, just uh, at this point in time, where other countries don't have the, the technology and the ability to help protect it, I think that's dangerous. Do you read the WikiLeaks stuff? Do you pay any attention to that? You know, I catch it on Twitter every once in a while. Some of our friends like to retweet that stuff all over the place. But uh, I don't want to get involved in WikiLeaks. I don't want to get involved in, in some of the other groups that are that are putting that stuff out. I have, um, I'm skeptical sometimes of the credibility, but I'm always interested in, in what they have to say. Now, you were like super involved in all this, and as I, you said, you've got a new child now. You, this is, uh, what's kid number two, three, right? That's this a, is child number three, so I have a yep. Yeah. So, your wife, did she force you to like step back from all this a little bit, or what, what what's happened? Uh, so I, if I ever run for office again, I'm giving up half my stuff. <laughs> so, that's, that's where we're at with running for office. <laughs> but, uh, Ryan, uh, I want, I want to kind of close with this, because I'm, getting curious always to get the third perspective. Do you think Obama is a good guy who just had bad policies? Do you think he's an ideal who act bad policies? Or do you think he's done a good job? So I think uh, Barack Obama is a very intelligent man. I think he's a very thoughtful man. Um, I don't agree with his policies. I do not agree with um, I don't agree with bombing uh, other countries the way we do. I don't agree with the interventionist type tendencies. I don't believe in regime change. So I do have trouble with his foreign policy. But if I'm honest, if I'm an honest person, and I wish more Republicans would, would at least take this viewpoint, I've done very well economically under Obama. And so it's hard for me to just outright criticize every single thing. I wish his foreign policy was better. I wish his drug policy was better. I wish that he would pardon Edward Snowden. you know. But aside from a few issues, economically, my family has has been prosperous under this administration. It's very it's very interesting. Do you believe we live in a world now where there will ever be bipartisanship ever again? No, I think that has... Uh, well, I think it's possible, but we need a third party to make it happen. I don't believe that Democrats... and So what the Democrats and Republicans have realized is that they can take a few stump issues, they can beat their chests on them, they can fundraise on them, and cause a lot of polarization so that they don't have to come back together anymore... And until they have to actually compete with a third party, until they have to clean up their behavior, I don't see any kind of of collaboration or bipartisanship, at least in the near future. So a lot of people ask me this about how I could support Trump. And I think you even asked me this during the primary, because Trump, at least doesn't have a history being a principled conservative or a principled, you know, politi- politico, things of that nature. And I said this, I said, I looked on stage and I saw sixteen liars and one guy out speaking the truth. And I sort of looked at Trump as like the joker, the heath ledger of American politics. He's the politician America deserves because he created this. And I want to see the Republican Party go to their knees for lying to the American people. Was I wrong? You know what, I'd like to see This is a a moment of crisis for the Republican Party. I think they're going to have to decide what's at their core. I think they're going to have to decide if they are going to start speaking a a better truth than what they have. So I think part of your observation there is right. I still think Rand Paul was an amazing candidate. I think from some of the WikiLeaks things that I've seen on Twitter, uh, Clinton was very afraid of Rand Paul. And I think we missed a true opportunity. The problem with the Republicans, Rob, is that they they preach small government. They preach lower taxes. They preach balanced budgets. And then they put a neocon in that does nothing of the sort. They they raise the deficits, they raise the spending, uh, and they don't do the things that they they campaigned on. Paul was an opportunity. I think Rand Paul was an opportunity to get some of those things finally, and they passed on it. And now they're going to suffer one of the biggest losses, in my opinion, in presidential race history. And uh, they're going to have to figure out how to come back from it. I really liked Rand Paul until he got totally outed by Trump in that first debate right after. Well, Rand Paul. Grandpa is a doctor, he's an intellect, he's a very intelligent man, he's not gonna participate in the buffoonery uh that, that Trump was doing. You're not gonna get that side of Rand Paul, and that's why I appreciate and love him. Okay, so uh one final thought here on, on Trump and this whole thing today. He picks Pence and I was totally against the Pence pick. I what a horrible to- pick. Horrible,
3: horrible pick.
4: Thank you. Who would you have picked? If you're Trump, who do you pick? If I'm so ugh. Oh wow! All right, so if I'm Donald, if I'm Donald Trump, and I had to pick a running mate, um, Mike Pence would not have been on my top thousand list. (laughs) Um, I would probably look. You know, I would have. You know, what could have been interesting, Rob, and I, and I I know you liked Newt Gingrich. I think uh, Newt's—he's kind of—he's kind of a poison pill, too, in my view. There's a lot of stuff there. I actually think a Mitch Daniels type governor. You know, one that just had a strong fiscal record, one that, one that stayed out of the social issues, one that, that was very smart like that could have been an interesting choice. Um, I would have gone in that direction. I, of course, would look to like Justin Amash. You know, grab a young guy out of Michigan, a state that you desperately need to win, and one who could actually pull that libertarian third party person in. If Amash were Trump's candidate, his, his vice presidential candidate, I would have to look very, very hard at that ticket. But it, was, was, the big, was the biggest problem for Trump he had to pick somebody who would be absolutely loyal to guys like Moss or Rand Paul through you, dude? Yeah, I think the problem was that Trump was facing is that he had to please the base. And the base is a... It's Christian conservative. It's right-leaning. It's uh, the family values type uh, platform. Pence epitomizes that. What Trump didn't realize is that the entire state of Indiana hates Mike Pence. And so he, he's not... I mean, I think Trump will do worse in Indiana because he picked Pence. And, you know, it's one of those that, you know, it was a miscalculation. I actually think Chris Christie would have been better than Pence. You know, get Christie out there. Let him bulldog Clinton. You know, let him go be the the other tough guy. At least it's more entertaining. But when you pick Pence, all you're getting is, is, like, white toast. I mean, it's boring. Yeah. You understand why I had to support Trump? I mean, he told me to my face that's horrific, and he said he was all interviewers could be like me. I mean, well, I I I wish Johnson would have told you the same and that you'd switch. But uh, you know what, Rob? I mean, you you have you've you've attached yourself to the Trump wagon. What I do respect about you is that you're going to ride this out. You know, you you made your bed, you're going to sleep in it, and you might end up you might end up right. I the polls disagree. Nate Silver's saying it's over, but. It wouldn't surprise me, Rob, we've all been so wrong about Trump up to this point. You know, who knows what this guy can get away with and still be and still well, be and, successful. And my thing I can do about Trump is throughout his business life, his personal life, and now his political life, he is at his absolute best when everybody writes him on. So you never know. I I hope that's not the case in November, but uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. My goal, Rob, so Living in Indiana, Rob, Trump's going to take this state. So if you're voting for anyone other than Trump, it's a wasted vote. So I hope the listeners out there, they realize the only way to beat Trump right now is to to pick Gary Johnson. If We can get Johnson to at least 5%. The world might change the next cycle. We might have a viable third party. We might be able to hold Republicans and Democrats accountable. We might get that bipartisanship back that you wanted. But otherwise, you know, it's a lost cause, at least for this cycle. Yeah, anyway, and you're right, and Johnson. And I told you this; he should be in the debate. It is better for the nation. And I'll tell you what; I've got two libertarians. I'm looking really closely at this time. I may pull the lever for both of them. So I don't, you know, I don't know. I think. Hey, Rex Bell, man. Rex Bell is a good choice for governor. This is a guy who has built a small business. He stayed humble. He's been uh, just a, a huge pillar in his community. This is a good man who knows how to shrink government. How to bring down the cost of government and how to bring good solutions. I hope I hope all of your listeners take a hard look at Rex Bell before just pulling one of the one of the the, the main parties. Ryan, you're great. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk over us about the the independent mindset of, of a voter this
1: fall. We really appreciate it.
4: Hey Rob, anytime I get to talk with you, buddy, it's a good time. So thanks for having me. I hope we can do it again soon.
1: That was Ryan Ripley, and we really appreciate him taking a few moments to tell us a little bit about the mindset of the independent voter, about somebody that's going to split their ticket. Uh, these are the folks that are going to decide the election up and down the ballot this year. When I mean, you think about all the folks, there's going to be a lot of people, as strange as this sounds, that are probably going to vote for Donald Trump. They're also going to vote for Evan Bay. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to vote for uh, Gary Johnson and Todd Young. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to vote uh, for Donald Trump and John Gregg. I mean, it's going to be a crazy year, the likes we have never seen. And it's going to be that person that splits their, uh, splits their ticket that's really going to Uh, decide the election, so we appreciate Ryan taking the time to do that. Don't forget, if you missed any part of our conversation today, you can check out the podcast anytime you want. We're now on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, All you have to do uh, is just search Central Indiana Today. You can actually uh, give us a follow on uh, both of those, and then you can have the show sent right to your smartphone uh, or or tablet. You can also check out the podcast anytime you want by logging on to our website at wyrz.org. Click the Shows tab at the top of the page, scroll down, find Central Indiana Today. You can go back and listen anytime you want. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall have yourself a great evening you've been listening to the kevin kersey agency presents central indiana today on 98.9 wyrz made possible by the kevin kersey agency 701 north green street in brownsburg an archive of today's program can be heard at our website wyrz.org Tune in next time for another
0: edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group.
2: This is Luke Stevenson for the Central Indiana Innovation Hub. Central Indiana Innovation Hub provides space for individuals to meet and network for business-related needs. Central Indiana Innovation Hub is located at 5250 East, U.S. Highway 36, Suite 1101 in Avon. More information can be found at indianahub.com. Our phone number is 317-696-3050. Office hours
1: are Monday through Friday, 830 to 4. Tours of the facility are available. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks
3: County. can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com.
1: Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will hein practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852 852- 5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.